0: My name is Anthony P. Richards. I'm a pastor and I started this podcast channel to equip, encourage, inspire, and challenge you to passionately live to your potential in Christ through the Word of God. For more information, you can go to my YouTube channel, Anthony P. Richards. Well, welcome to another day as we go through The Word of God, I'm so glad that you are joining me as we continue this journey through the Gospel of Matthew. And uh, today we're going to be looking at the second half of chapter 1. We're going to be picking up in verse 18 of Matthew chapter 1. And uh, in, in the first half of the first chapter of Matthew, we looked at the genealogy of Jesus. And it's so intricate and it's so amazing to think Uh, that Matthew wanted to establish Jesus' credentials before he even started talking about his birth. And so here we have here in Matthew chapter 1 verse 18, uh, the, the, the talking about the wonderful event of the birth of Jesus Christ. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Matthew doesn't really tell us about the birth of Jesus. Luke actually does that. And Matthew instead tells us where Jesus came from and tells the story through the eyes of Joseph uh, as opposed to through the eyes of Mary. Now, there are essentially three steps uh, to marriage in the Jewish tradition of Jesus' time. There was engagement, betrothal, and marriage. Now, engagement was, would happen when the bride and groom were quite young. Uh, it was arranged when, by the parents. Betrothal was, uh, what made this, the previous engagement official and binding. Now, during the time of betrothal, the couple were known as husband and wife. Uh, and betrothal could only be broken by divorce. And it typically lasted a year. Marriage is what took place after the wedding, which was after the year of betrothal. So this is in the time of Mary's betrothal to Joseph. Okay. Uh, Matthew plainly, (laughs) without the detail that Luke goes into, presents the, the, the virgin conception and birth of Jesus. But the virgin birth was difficult for people to believe back then, and, and it's, it's, and it's difficult now. Uh, and we have to consider what a great trial this must have been for somebody like Mary. Uh, and also for Joseph, who was betrothed. They were, he was betrothed to her. Uh, Clark says this, William Clark, Her situation was the most distressing and humiliating that can be conceived. Nothing but the fullest consciousness of her own integrity and the strongest confidence in God could have supported her in such trying circumstances where her reputation, her honor, and her life were at stake. And the truth of her supernatural conception uh, with Jesus was was not believed by many and it was twisted into lies about the parentage of Jesus. Uh, you know, John chapter eight, uh, there's some references made to, to the suspicions of, well, who is your father and who is your mother? Um, and lies spread that Mary had become pregnant from a Roman soldier. Um, uh, but here Matthew sets the story straight and, uh, and he says, you know, th- 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 this is who Mary was, this is who Joseph was, and this is who Jesus was. Spurgeon said, there was no other way of Jesus being born. For he had been, or had he been of a sinful father, how should he have possessed a sinless nature? He is born of a woman that he might be human, but not by man that he might not be sinful. Verse 19. Then all the women are going, yes, see, there you go, we're not the bad ones. <laughs> Uh, verse 19, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make uh, Mary a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Now, we've seen previously that uh, Mary was betrothed to Joseph. Now, this comment shows that they were not formally married because Joseph was still considered Mary's husband just by the act of betrothal. But Joseph is a just man, and Joseph knew that if Mary had been unfaithful to him, it would actually be impossible for him to go through the marriage. But his nature was that he was a just man, and he didn't he didn't want to make this unnecessarily hard for Mary. He didn't want her to have any stigma upon her, so he makes the under, understandable decision to seek a quiet divorce. That's that's what he was going to do. Uh, he, he might put her away secretly. Uh, which refers to the breaking of an engagement by divorce. And, and in Jewish culture at that time, a betrothal was binding and you actually needed a divorce to break the betrothal. Uh, Poole said this, their being betrothed was a thing that publicly had been taken notice of. And Joseph could not put Mary away so privately, but there must be witnesses of it. The meaning therefore must be as privately as the nature of the thing would Now, this is an interesting observation by Charles Spurgeon about this. When we have to do a severe thing, and he's he's using Joseph as an example of of being faced with having to do a severe thing. When we have to do a severe thing, let us choose the most tender manner. Maybe we should not have to do it at all. So he says, question, like Joseph did. If you have to do something tough, do it tenderly. And then consider whether you even actually have to do it or not, which is what Joseph did through process. Verse 20. But while he, Joseph, thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the holy spirit and she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins now this was not the angel of the lord this was an angel of the lord maybe it was gabriel gabriel uh, who's prominent in the announcements that was made to to mary and zechariah Zac- Zac- zechariah sorry in uh, luke chapter 1 But they were actual angelic visitations. But this was actually presented to Joseph in a dream. And the dream came while Joseph was thinking about these things. Uh, He's obviously troubled by Mary's mysterious pregnancy. He knows that he is not the father. Uh, And so now he's troubled by her future. He's troubled by his future. What is he going to do towards her? Uh, he's already decided he's going to put her away secretly, uh, but he's apparently not comfortable with that decision. He's troubled by it. Now, Matthew here calls Joseph the son of David. Uh, That uh, means that the angel said, hey, remember who you are. Remember who you are and where you came from. You are from the lineage of David, the throne of David. And that's significant. That which is conceived of her is of the Holy Spirit. By the way, that means you and I must always remember who we are. We must remember who we are. We represent Jesus. It's it's, it's no good saying, oh, well, I'm just a wretched sinner. Yes, you were, you you, and, and you are, but think of the wonderful words of amazing grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound, that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. That means when we see, we don't live like we're still blind. We're always going to be sinners and we need to come to to, to, to God for forgiveness. But we must remember who we are and where we have come from. Now, it seems that Mary had actually not told Joseph that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit because this is a revelation to him in this dream. Uh, which shouldn't surprise us, really, because how was she gonna tell Joseph, oh, by the way, it's the Holy Spirit conceived, uh, this child. Uh, this angelic word to Joseph was incredibly persuasive because, uh, you know, he wakes up with a totally different perspective. There's no explanation into, in the whole Bible about how the conception actually took place. Other than that we have in Luke chapter 1 verse 35, uh, and Trapp says this, The wonderful conception of our Saviour is a mystery, not much to be pried into, and it is therefore called an overshadowing. Uh, Carson said this, The power of the Lord manifest in the Holy Spirit, who was expected to be active in the Messianic age, miraculously brought about the conception. So he's told by the angel, you shall call his name, Jesus. Now, the name Jesus means the salvation of Yahweh, the salvation of God. It was a very common name. There was there were a lot of people called Jesus in his time. Uh, Josephus, a Jewish historian, talks about twelve different men named Jesus uh, in his writings about the same time as Jesus, our Jesus, Jesus Christ. Um, uh, As was later said by and and talked about by the Apostle Peter, there is no no other name under heaven by which man can be saved, in Acts chapter 4. G. Campbell Morgan said this, The name which the angel commanded Joseph to give Mary's child was one that was common at the time. Its full significance was the salvation of Jehovah, or Yahweh, for he will save the people from his sins. The angelic messenger to, to Joseph Starts talking about the work of the Messiah, uh, Jesus. He's going to come and work as a savior. He's going to come to save the, his people from their sins. And, and the description of the work of Jesus reminds us that Jesus meets us in our sin, but his purpose is to save us from our sins. He saves us from the penalty of sin, then he saves us from the power of sin, and then he saves us from the presence of sin. And that's something we should say, hallelujah, praise the Lord, that Jesus, before he was born, had a purpose to save you and I. And this is revealed to Joseph. France says this, salvation from sins is an element of the Old Testament hope found in Isaiah 53, Jeremiah 31, and Ezekiel 36, and in later messianic expectation, but not the dominant one. Its isolation here warns the reader not to expect this Messiah to conform to the more popular hope of a national liberator. So he wasn't just the Messiah come to liberate people and set them free, but to actually save them from themselves. David Guzik, wonderfully, it says, his people, save his people from their sins. If it had said God's people, we might have thought it was reserved for the Jewish people alone. But it isn't belonging to Abraham that brings salvation from sin. It is belonging to Jesus being one of his people. I love that. Verse 22. Uh, so all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Now, the words that it might be fulfilled. It's the very first time that the, the, the use of this important phrase, which is actually going to become a very familiar phrase through the Gospel of Matthew. This is the first time it's used, that it might be fulfilled. In other words, Matthew was constantly trying to link Jesus with the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy, trying to make sure that we understood the connection between the two. And uh, and so uh, he directly quotes from the prophet Isaiah in, in chapter 7, verse 14, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, bear a son, call his name Emmanuel. Because M- Matthew rightly understood the supernatural conception of Jesus, was prophesied in the Old Testament. And there has been some measure of controversy about this quote from Isaiah 7. uh, Because the Hebrew word almakan or almakan can be translated as either virgin or young woman. Now, I'm going to go a little bit deep here because I think this is good for us to understand. We know that the Isaiah passage speaks of Jesus because it says, the virgin w- sh- shall be with child and that conception would be a sign to David's entire house. And, and those who deny the, the virgin birth of Jesus like to point out uh, that the Hebrew word in Isaiah 7:14 translated virgin, which is Alma can also be translated young woman, as I mentioned. And the idea is that uh, maybe Isaiah was just saying it was, she would it would become from a young woman and a young woman would give birth, not a virgin. Um now that would all that would mean is the near fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy uh may have referred to a young woman giving birth but the, the 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 total fulfillment uh clearly points to a woman miraculously conceiving and giving birth and that's very clear because the Old Testament never uses the word in a context other than virgin and because the Septuagint actually translates alma in uh, Isaiah seven fourteen, uh, as the word uh, parth- Parthenos, uh, which categorically and singularly means virgin, so we can put all that to rest. Isaiah was prophesying that a virgin would be uh, would miraculously conceive and give birth, and that is what happened. And that's the point that Matthew was trying to make. It wasn't just about a young woman; it's about a young woman who was a virgin. Now, Emmanuel. Uh, that's a title of Jesus that refers to two things. His deity and his identification with man. Uh, God with us, God with us. His deity, God with us. His nearness to us, God with us. Uh, and Jesus is truly Emmanuel. Uh, he is God with us. Uh, traps at this, Uh, Christ indeed was not called by this name Emmanuel that we anywhere read of, but the import of this name is most truly affirmed and acknowledged to be fully made good in him. Clark said this, In what sense then is Christ God with us? Jesus is called Emmanuel or God with us in his incarnation, God with us by the influences of the Holy Spirit in his holy sacrament in the preaching of his word, in private prayer, and God with us through every action of our life, that we begin, continue, and end in his name. He is God with us to comfort, enlighten, protect, and defend us in every time of temptation and trial, in the hour of death, in the day of judgment, and God with us and in us, and we with and in him to all eternity. That's how God is with us through Jesus. And we we should we should think and dwell upon the name Emmanuel because it shows it shows four things. Let me let me tell you let me, let me go through what the, what those four things are. Okay. Uh, David Guzik says this. It shows how low God bent down to save man. He added the nature of one of his own creatures to his own divine nature, accepting the weaknesses, frailties and dependency that the creature experiences. It shows what a great miracle it was that God could add a human nature to his own and still remain God. It shows the compatibility between the unfallen human nature and the divine nature, that the two could be joined, uh, shows that we are truly made in the image of God. And then Spurgeon said this, It shows that we can come to him. God, if he has come to us, then we can come to him. Then, if Jesus Christ be God with us, Let us come to God without any question or hesitancy. Whoever you may be, you need no priest or intercessor to introduce you to God, for God has introduced himself to you. Isn't that marvelous? Oh, I absolutely love that. Okay, verse 24. And verse twenty-five. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Ah, uh, what did what did he do? He did as the angel of the Lord commanded. How wonderful! If we would just do what God commanded us to do, uh, Joseph's obedience. Is something that is worthy of our note. He he didn't he didn't waver, he 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 instantly understood the truth. He understood the importance of the angelic messenger that came to him in the dream. And he knew that what he had to do was be obedient. And and when we know we've heard from God, and I think that that's tough for us sometimes with because I think sometimes when we're like, well, I don't know if I heard from God, it's because what we heard doesn't make any sense uh and even though we follow the 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 lines of guidance that the bible gives us of, of you know, is what we're hearing is it in alignment with the word of god uh is it, have we sought the counsel of the saints of god around us have we asked for supernatural signs have we used our own common sense and understanding um uh, are we referring everything back through jesus even when we do that we still go well i don't know if it was god or not I don't, well, I think that's just because we don't want to do it or we just seem, it just seems too crazy. But Joseph didn't matter how cra- it didn't matter how crazy what the angel said. He just said, okay, I've got to do what the angel told me to do. Uh, and, and so he did not know, he did not sleep with Mary until after Jesus was born. The words did not know her. Uh, you know, just tell us that Mary and Joseph didn't have normal marital relations uh, until after Jesus was born. Carson said this, this emphasizes that Jesus was conceived miraculously. Matthew wants to make Jesus' virginal conception quite unambiguous, for he adds that Joseph had no sexual union with Mary until she gave birth to Jesus. And he called his name Jesus. They didn't call him some other name. He was told to call him Jesus. He called him Jesus. Now, I, I, th- this is just me. This is where my brain goes and things like this. Did they have some conversation? How's he going to be the Messiah? Has when he has a name like everybody else? Maybe you should have a name. Uh, maybe we should call him Emmanuel because that's what's in, in the Old Testament. So maybe we should call him that. Uh, maybe no, no. The angel said, "Call him Jesus." I know, but there's you know, there's four Jesus just on our block. I mean, that they, they, they were told to call him Jesus. They called him Jesus. They did what God told them to do. Even though it was a common name, uh, it had an incredibly great and wonderful meaning and it would come to be the name above all names. Uh, you know, Mary, and I'm going to come back to this in my observations for today because Mary gets a lot of credit, but I think Joseph was pretty amazing. Uh, we actually don't know much about uh, Joseph, about, about Jesus' father, apart from the fact that he was the earthly father of Jesus. Um, and so you might be, and I might be, just like Joseph, where we actually only do one amazing thing for God, and that's all he asks, and he doesn't ask anymore. Um, we're called to be as obedient as Joseph and Mary. That's what we are called. Joseph was asked to do one thing, and he did it. Mary was asked to do lots of things, and she did them all. Uh, you know, the other observation... Uh, is the the name that saves. And I think about the names of Jesus that are that are outlined to us here just in this first chapter uh of Matthew. Jesus Christ, Jesus, common name, the Messiah, the one and only Christ, common, uncommon, Jesus Christ, son of David, son of Joseph, son of Mary, son of David Son of Abraham, son of Adam, son of God, of Nazareth, who is our Lord and (laughs) Saviour. That's who he is. Starts with the most common name and ends up with the most uncommon ability. And that is the ability to be the only one that can save you and me. Thank you, Jesus. That's my observation today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Would you join me in today? Wherever you are right now, just say it out loud. Say it out loud. Even if you're sitting in your cubicle at work, just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Don't say it in your heart. Don't say it in your mind. Say it out loud. Just say that. And if somebody says, hey, what are you whispering over there? Say, hey, I'm just thanking my Lord and Saviour. You shouldn't be ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it's the power of my salvation. So let's say thank you, Jesus, out loud, and then I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for you sending your son. Jesus, thank you that you so willingly came. And and God, thank you that you've given us these wonderful examples of obedience in, in Joseph and Mary. But God, you've given us our ultimate uh, symbol and uh, and uh, person of obedience to follow in Jesus Christ, who is obedient even to the point of death just so that he could fulfill your purpose uh, so that we could be saved. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. For more content, please don't forget to check out my YouTube channel, Anthony P. Richards. Have a great day.